I guess they'll let anybody be chief of staff in this hospital. I guess they'll let anybody just walk in here. Well, this place is, uh, interesting. What are you doing here? Can't a guy drop in on an old friend? Oh, Adam, this is Patrick Taylor. Doctor Patrick Taylor. Sam and I went to medical school together. Even back then, I knew he'd make a heck of a doctor. Not how I remember you putting it. But it hasn't been 20 years. Our next guest, you fell in love with him, uh, Jamie Denton, when he played plumber Mike Delfino on Desperate Housewives. He is now in season six of the Hallmark Channel's original series, The Good Witch, which you just heard right there. And he stars in a new movie called Selfie Dad, which is available now on demand. It is our old friend, Jamie Denton. For a guy that retired about uh, six years ago, I think you told us on WGN Radio, you sure, you sure are busy. I'm like Al Pacino. They just keep pulling me back in. (laughs) How are you, Pete? Good, man. How are you? Oh, I can't complain at all. Yeah, it's weird. You know, we vacated L.A. to get the kids out of there and went up to Minneapolis so they could grow up with their grandparents and cousins and such. And that was right after Housewives wrapped, which has been an unbelievable eight years ago. Um, and then, yeah, I got lucky and, you know, Hallmark tracked me down because, uh, the CEO at the time, Bill Abbott, you know, got me in mind for the show and it's crazy. Six years in, we are uh, still rolling, but we shoot it in Toronto. So, you know, it's an easy little commute for me. I remember when Desperate Housewives wrapped and we had you on the show and you're like, yep, I'm moving to Minnesota. And I thought to myself, he's done. He's going to retire and, you know, he's going to bear these winters and he'll have a month and a half for summertime and he's going to hate Minnesota. You know, you were you were right on all counts. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, and I, I I hate to you know to disparage Minnesota. Really fine people and lots of good qualities, but it's not a place that people should live. It's you know, I lived in Chicago long enough to know what cold is. Yeah, but they get another whole they get another whole month of it, Pete. I know. I mean, it's like. You know, it snowed. It snowed like crazy on Mother's Day this year. And I know you guys had it, co- you know, cool on Mother's Day, but it's almost another whole month of it. So it's it's six months of winter. But uh, yes, I, I I'm not a big fan of the weather, but the people are great. <laughs> <laughs> the sports are good. The theater's good. The uh, restaurants yes. are good. A lot of good, a lot of good things. But it's a it's a tough place to live. And by the way, I should have said you fell in love with Jamie Denton when he worked at Harry Carey's back in the 90s. When did you work at Harry Carey's back in the 90s? When I, yes, when, yes, when I served you pasta and sang <laughs> happy birthday to you at, as uh, a Harry Carey's waiter. What a what a Grant Deporter's white uh, waiter's uh, gowns. Yes. Um, yeah, that was, that was there in ninety early 90s for probably three years, like 93 to 96. Uh, kind of fun because it was the Bulls' heydays, so that was fun. Oh yeah, a lot of, uh, lot, of, lot, of, lot of NBA rings. I was in Chicago from ninety to ninety six, but I just worked at Harry's for about three years, and um, yeah, it was. Uh, I love Chicago. I, I told everybody I was in Chicago six years, and I was in LA for twenty. And Chicago still feels more like home. Wow. It's just a, it's a Chicago, as you know, it's why you're still there. It's a very, it's a very unique place. Right. Remind me, did you grow up in Tennessee? You grew up down south somewhere, yep. right? Yeah, grew up in Nashville. So okay. that's why when I became, tried, you know, lost my mind and just decided to try to be an actor, I went to Chicago because I could drive it. You know, it was cheaper to get there. <laughs> it's a more ask. welcoming community. You know, if I, I still say if I'd gone to New York and went, you know, to start out, I would have been chewed up and spit out and I'd still be selling advertising. But Chicago is, if you're willing to work for cheap or free, there's a stage for you. I mean, you can get on stage in Chicago. The theater community there is just fantastic. So I was just lucky I chose Chicago. And that's when it was really kicking in in the mid to late yeah. 90s was the uh, the theater here in Chicago. It really was, wasn't it? Yeah, I got, 
I, I got lucky. I did because it was a time where there was a certain cachet when you were, uh, that was what my manager uh, used in LA. It was like, he's just you know, straight from Chicago theater. And that, you know, perked people's ears up because right on the heels of, you know, Schwimmer and Cusack and, and Piven and all those guys, a little bit after the, the big Steppenwolf um, uh, exodus, but it was, yeah, it was a good, good time for Chicago theater. And that helped me get off the ground in LA. Why did you move in 96? What happened? Did you get a job out in LA? What happened? there i was in a play um there at um the at bailiwick repertory out at the, the theater center on belmont um and some uh, a guy who's a manager still my manager named john crosby in la somebody saw me in the play and told him that they thought i would work you know i was at a good age you know i was early 30s and kind of the guy next door and and he tracked me down and said, hey, if you'll submit yourself, go videotape yourself in some studio. I'll submit it. for, And, we'll, you know, if, we, if you have any luck, we'll start a relationship. It just got lucky. It was a sitcom called The Cube that never went anywhere. I went to a studio, scraped up 20 bucks, and put myself on tape. He submitted it, and Paramount flew me out. Um, and even though I didn't get it, oddly enough, Carrie Hatcher's real-life husband, John Penny, got it. <laughs> but but no it was enough way. to get me off the ground. Really? Got, got some attention. Got some attention. The fact that from my first tape, Paramount wanted to screen test me. Uh, John, um, my now manager, John Crosby, that gave him some confidence, and he convinced me to to move out. So I, uh, my understudy took over at Bailiwick, and I uh, packed up my stuff and went to L.A. and, and never looked back. It was very, very lucky. Uh, tell me about when you told Grant to Porter at Harry Carey's that you were quitting. What was that day like? <laughs> you know, I, I don't think he was. That, I don't think he was that brokenhearted. You know, Harry's, as you know, has has a really great wait staff, and it's hard yeah. to get hired there because Grant knows what he's doing. In fact, that's that's why you know. I mean, I'm I'm a tiny partial owner in the Navy Pier restaurant mm-hmm. and um, the Water Tower place, just because I always said if I could get in business with Grant Deporter, I would sell whatever I had to to do it. Yeah, because um, he knows what he knows what he's doing. So I mean, he was he's a nice guy. So, but I'm sure it was just a pat on the back and. He could go to one of his other 500 people wanting to wait tables there. <laughs> um, it was funny because I was watching Long Gone Summer, and Grant was in that documentary about Sosa in McGuire, and he yeah. always he always can come up with some type of promotion. I mean, 97, the Cubs were so bad. They had 45-cent beers until the Cubs won their first game, and he said they gave away thousands of beers that year for 45 cents. Oh, I'm sure. Grant, is uh, he's really gifted. You know, he he knows how he knows PR. He knows how to run a restaurant. Yeah. You know, he knows personnel. He's he's you know I hate to say that because don't tell him I said it, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure somebody will. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's uh, he's a good guy, and he's he's been a you know a fixture in Chicago sports, really. Right? Wouldn't you say? I mean, he's so yes. involved. He collects all the great memorabilia. Right. Anything worth anything, Grant has it, and he doesn't hoard it. He puts it on display at the at the museum or at Harry's. So. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's a great guy to be in business with. One of the first of now, I don't know if I don't know if either restaurant is still in business. Thanks yes. to COVID, we, we may we may be out of business. I think Navy Pier is uh, is gonna. I think they both be fine, but it's a scary time for restaurants and and a lot of people. It is, man. Finally, uh, they get to um, have uh, diners in the restaurant a week from yesterday. So next Friday, things start opening up a little bit where they can have diners. But you know, it's beautiful in Chicago. It's been sunny in ninety, so people are flourishing with their outdoor patios. Yeah, Navy Pier has that advantage. We've got that big outdoor bar area, so so that will help. But it's 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 scary, you know. You just cross your fingers and hope that, you know, 
things don't flare back up. But slowly we're making some progress, I hope. Right. And one last thing about Grant. Um, We had Chip Carey on last week. We were talking about Long Gone Summer, Sosa McGuire, that documentary that was on ESPN. And uh, we were both rookies in 98. That's when I first moved to town. I moved to my first show was May 4th. 1998 in May, was it May 6th at Kerry Wood? It was two days before Kerry's game uh, where he had the 20 yep. strikeouts. And I met Chip that yep. year through Grant at Harry Carey's. So Grant's always, you know, he's the guy that connects people here in Chicago. So he's... he's oh, of he's, course. Yeah. But it, isn't it funny how you can just say Kerry's game? And we all know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was right before Kerry's yeah. game. I'm like, yes. yeah, I know exactly. The 20 strikeout game, yeah. Talk about yeah, no, Grant is the, is the guy to know, not in just restaurants, but Chicago sports. Right. Well, that's where I met you at Harry Carey's years ago. Yeah. And then you came in studio yep. and, you know, you gave me your cell phone number and I haven't left you alone since. Yep. Yes. Well, you've been great. I mean, I, I obviously it's a two way street because I always I really appreciate the Like you mentioned, this little movie I'm doing and I did. I didn't even know it was going to come out. It was a tiny independent film, which I'm sort of prone to do because I love the art of it. Um, and I don't have a lot. I don't have a huge role in it, but uh, I think it's out on video demand called Selfie Dad. Um, but but no, you've always been so supportive. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah. well, who is the comedian that stars in Selfie Dad, the new movie? Who is that you guy? He's a, he's a Christian comedian. Who, yes, they exist. Um, his name's Michael Jr. Okay, um, African American guy. Uh, you know, good looking guy. Probably I don't know. Michael's probably in his forties. Um, but he had never done a movie before. But this is a guy named Brad Silverman who produced it, wrote it, directed it. He did a movie. I did a movie with him called Grace Unplugged, which I think you might have actually promoted for me about five or six yep. years ago, where I yep. played it was a Christian movie where I played a musician and AJ Machalka was my daughter, and it was actually in theaters and it had a pretty good little run. But Brad did this movie too. Um, and asked me to do a small role in it. But Michael Jr. is a very popular Christian comedian, and it's about a guy who kind of has a midlife crisis and sort of loses his faith and develops a following on YouTube and becomes obsessed with, with hits and likes and popularity and making money on YouTube and gets to be a little bit of an egomaniac. It's sort of how you can lose your, whether you, you know, what kind of faith you have or, or spiritual, spirituality, kind of lose your way and get too much involved in yourself. And, um, and it's very timely, and it's very funny. It's a funny take on it, how this dad suddenly thinks he's cool, and, of course, his kids think he's the least cool thing on earth. But he becomes an, a, YouTube sens- a YouTube sensation, and it sort of destroys his life, um, as you can imagine. So it's, it's, right. it's a really not sort of uh, insightful look at how that, uh, that part of culture. Wow. On the phone with us is Jamie Denton. You live right outside Minneapolis. So do you fly to L.A. to do these movies? Are you flying back and forth? It's funny, uh, Pete. I'm actually I'm in Marina Del Rey right now because I have a tiny boat. I'm not one of those celebrities that went to their yacht <laughs> during COVID. But I've got a little I've got a little oh. boat in Marina Del Rey oh, that I, I keep here just because I have to have a place to stay, and it's like a cheap apartment. Um, so I'm I'm in Marina Del Rey. I just got here though. I've been you know sitting in my sitting in my little house in Minneapolis. But no, I uh, I it's funny. I did five films and Goodwitch since I left L.A. None of them shot in L.A. Oh, okay. uh, this one, I think Selfie Dad might have shot. Grace Unplugged was in Alabama. I did one movie was in Texas, one was in Puerto Rico, one was in Vancouver. So people, just to get the tax breaks, you know, L.A. is still the hub. Right. But so many things, so many things are shooting all over the place, you know, um, like with Toronto, um, Handmaid's Tale shoots on our stage. And um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you can certainly work living out of L.A., so it hasn't, you know, living in Minneapolis hasn't hurt me at all. So paint a picture for me. Are you hanging out in your sailboat right now, just talking to us on the phone here in Chicago? 
I, I am. It's funny. That's why we couldn't Zoom, because I don't have any Internet. My phone works pretty well, but I don't have enough Internet to Zoom. And it's not a sailboat, uh, It's not, and it's not that cool, but it's big enough. It's got a little bedroom, a little bathroom. It's just like it's a floating apartment, and it's way cheaper than keeping an apartment in L.A. Mm-hmm. So I just pay the slip, pay the slip rental. And, um, yeah, and so when I'm in L.A., I can kind of hang out. And, you know, it feels like makes me feel like Ernest Hemingway. Were, were you, were, I mean, <laughs> not, that, Jeffrey Epstein, not Jeffrey Epstein so much. More, more uh, Ernest Hemingway. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Uh, Jamie Denton on the phone with us. I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to ask you a few questions about uh, The Good Witch with Catherine Bell, who I absolutely love. Okay? Absolutely. Appreciate it. All right. Jamie Denton on the phone with us. It's Pete McMurray, 720 WGN. Give buying things a rest. Why don't you invest in experiences, unforgettable adventures that you'll cherish forever? Let me help. I'm Peter Greenberg with 10,000 tips for your travel, right here on 720 WGN. This afternoon at 3. With warmer weather finally here and the lockdown loosening, my friends keep asking me about how they can improve their outdoor space around their house. And you might ask yourself, why are they asking you, Ro? Because advertising works. So here are two things I'm recommending since we're all going to be spending so much more time around our homes. First, the Chicago kitchen. What is that, you ask? The architect designers have souped up the outdoor grill with extensive counter space, maybe an outdoor oven if you like, and a beautiful bar surround for your family and guests. I also love the idea of the screened room. Enjoy being outdoors without the rain, eating outside without the bugs, or how about watching your favorite movie and hopefully your favorite sports team uh, eventually. And it all starts at architectofchicagoland.com. Go there to get started. You can see the Chicago kitchen or anything else you'd like to do, big or small. That's architectofchicagoland.com. They've got great finance and scheduling options available. A-R-C-H-A-D-E-C-K, architectofchicagoland.com. Eric? Yeah, back here in the laundry, babe. So listen, I was... Hey, watch out for your dad's underwear. It's still damp. What are you doing? Well, your mom's okay with me using the laundry for weight training. I can store my dumbbells in the dryer. Hey, look, I put a piece of plywood over the sink here, and I have a desk for my home office. Eric, I'm done living in my parents' basement. We really need our own place. No, no, no. Listen, getting our own home is scary. Honey. We gotta get a mortgage. It's expensive. It takes forever. Not with first. First American Bank. First American is famous for its great loan deals and professional service. Who's going to lift your mom up so she could dust the chandelier, huh? Your dad dropped her last time. First American has bargain rates and lets you do the whole application online. They'll even come to our house to close the deal. Hmm, our own home. With First American's help. Uh, I am going to miss your mom's specialty, Venaverse Brioche. Eric, I can make a hot dog on a bun. Okay, let's get packing. First American does more for your money. Visit firstambank.com. Call us at 847-952-3700. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Save big money on Garage Essentials with 11% off everything. Now at Menards. Keep your home car or truck clean with a one and a half gallon shop vac. It features a two-peak horsepower motor that tackles tough messes wet or dry. Just $26.69 after 11% off. Prices are good through Saturday, June 20th. Savings are mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Start saving with 11% off everything. Now at Menards. Save big money at Menards. Riverside Healthcare puts well within reach. Riverside provides expert care in five counties. And Watson Health has named Riverside a top 100 hospital 10 times. Featuring some of the state's most advanced technology, Riverside serves communities just south of the South Burbs with innovative programming programs in heart, brain, and spine 
orthopedics, and cancer care. Riverside also offers access to a network of primary care and immediate care locations, including Frankfurt. Download the Riverside app for locations and wait times. Learn more at RiversideHealthcare.org. Riverside Healthcare, putting well within reach. Hey. One more thing. Delfino! Oh, that is Mike the Plumber buying the farm on Desperate Housewives. Why did you have to get (laughs) murdered on Desperate Housewives? This is one of my favorite conversations. Um, It's funny, I saw just not too long ago, somebody forwarded me, they had drank the 10 most heartbreaking death on Housewives. And thank God Delfino was number one. And there were a lot. We killed 56, 56 people. 56? 56 people. Characters we killed in eight years, yeah. People always talked about Housewives like it was so, you know, lascivious and there was so much sex. And it was violence, man. There was almost no sex, but we killed a bunch of people. Um, it was it was an interesting thing. You know, I was Delfino was such a great role because I was um, – what they called number five on the call sheet before the four women. Delfino was even listed above Edie Britt in the beginning breakdown as far as the importance of the characters because I wasn't I wasn't attached. I was a single guy. Was he was he crooked? Was he clean? Was he right? So, we didn't know. Oh, I enjoyed. Yeah, it was a fun. It was a, the best male role. I always give Ricardo Severa and Doug Savannah a hard time because you know they were attached to their to their desperate housewife for eight years, and I got I had Dana Delaney for a season. I had Nicolette Sheridan for a season. And, <laughs> um, but anyway, toward the end, Mark Cherry gives me a call because we always joked about trying to make it to the end because so many people were dying. We just didn't want to get killed. Right. And with about five or six episodes to go, Mark called me in and said, you know, the network wants to do something huge early because everybody knows the finale will be big. So we want to kill somebody. And obviously I'm not going to kill any of the women. And we're thinking about knocking off Delfino. And to his credit, they, he didn't really ask my permission, but he asked my opinion. And it worked out great because I was all shows produced in my contracts. So they had to pay me for all 23. Oh, nice. And I got out a couple. I got out a couple of months early, and I got to do the talk show circuit. You know, the View and all the fun, sure. Ellen, and talk about you know Delfino and the shooting. You know, whereas the other guys just kind of faded out with the show. So I was actually thrilled I, because it worked out perfectly for me. And I even came back in the last episode as a ghost. So I think I only missed maybe two or three episodes between, you know, my death and the, and the, fina- and the finale. So, so it worked out pretty well for me. I was happy. Plus, it's always fun to get killed on screen because, you know, <laughs> up, one leg, you've got a, up one leg, you've got an electrical wire uh-huh. with literally a charge of dynamite, you know, on your chest. And up the other leg, you've got the blood tube. And then you turn, and they just hit it. And it literally, if you just bend your knees, it will blow you back a little bit. against. You. So it's always fun as a guy. Really? <laughs> it's like playing, arm, like playing army without oh, having, wow. you know. Reality. Yeah, I've always loved getting getting killed on camera is super fun. <laughs> and you only get to do it a couple of times because, it, you know, you, you ruin your wardrobe. You, so we, we did it. I think we did it three times. It was a full day. Okay. I mean, Carrie, Carrie was so great in that scene. She was so heartbreaking as I, as I was lying there, you know, in her lap bleeding out. And she's just sobbing uncontrollably. And it was so hard for me not to cry because uh, Carrie was the best. Oh, my gosh. The crying More on than demand. you ever wanted to know about oh the, More than gosh. you wanted to know about the death of Delfino. <laughs> what year did Desperate Housewives start? Was that 04? Yep, it was 04 to 2012. Yeah. Wow, that's a great run for a TV show. Oh, yeah, we were very fortunate. You know, um, yeah, we probably could have gone longer, but it was, it was an expensive show. You know, the women all became bigger stars. And, and I think Mark, Mark always said he wanted to leave the party early before people didn't like us. So the numbers ah. held up to the end. Yeah, so we, yeah, so eight was about right. Yeah, because Grey's Anatomy, we premiered the same night on Sunday night in 20, 
2004 or whatever, and the grade is still on. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I think I gave up on uh, grays in 09 or 010 or 10, something like that. You're right, yeah. Yep, I watched. We watched it for maybe five years. Yeah, and then, uh, and then yeah, and then, but it's still it's still rolling along. So I can't I can't imagine. But uh, yeah, it was a really fun. Yeah, I've been lucky. I mean, I, this this show too with Good Witch. You know, we're going back for season seven whenever we're able to go back, and eight years out of that one, and they got four out of the Pretender. So yeah, I I can't complain. Well, let me ask you about that. We're talking with Jamie Denton. You went from Terry Hatcher on Desperate Housewives to Catherine Bell on The Good Witch. I mean, that's a great run. It's not. It's not bad. It's not at all. And Kim Delaney before Terry. Oh, before yes. Terry, uh, right? Yeah, on that on the Botchko show, Philly. I was her love interest. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm happy to be second fiddle. You know, <laughs> just be the be the boyfriend or husband of the hot lead. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, Catherine is. I, I think the world of Terry and and Catherine too. I've been lucky. Catherine is a is a pro. She's. A, uh, I've been very fortunate because she she shows up. She's no attitude. Very positive. Very serious about her acting. Um, sets a good tone, and it's one reason the show is the Good Wish has done so well. It's got. It's funny. I compare it to Andy Griffith which seems weird, but it's in this weird little, this not weird, but this sort of generic small town Middleton really? in the middle of America. We don't know where it is. And Cassie is sort of the Andy Griffith. You know, she's the anchor of this small town. Everybody comes to her with their problems. Yep. She always has the answer, even if she gets you there in a roundabout way. Um, and it has a real, I think that's one of the reasons for the popularity, a very sort of grounding, um, you know, basic sort of American apple pie feel to it. And, and a lot of that's because of Catherine's charisma. You've always talked about chemistry with Terry. You've talked about chemistry with Catherine. Have you ever had a scene with a woman that you're kissing that you didn't have any chemistry with? Absolutely. I'll never tell. I know you don't have to tell me, but how weird is yeah, that, yeah, that you have weird. no chemistry well, and there may be some dislike there and you have to kiss this woman on screen? Yeah, it happens. It happens. I have had friends that happened to where they were dating their, their love interest on the show. Then they break up and then they've got to do a love scene with them and they're broken up. And it's like, yeah, you got to stay out of those entanglements. I'm lucky that, you know, I didn't have any, anything personal involved with Terry or Catherine. But, yeah, it usually happens with like movies when you're in and out pretty fast. You don't know the person very well and you have to. But it makes it easier than, than if you have too much chemistry. And then you're like, you know, one oh, yeah. of both of you is married, and you're like, oh man, we gotta, we've got to get away from each other as soon as they say cut, right. because it's just human nature. It's just human nature. I mean, granted, most of it is professional and sterile, and actors say that all the time. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're good at all, it's suspending your disbelief and trying to sort of get into the scene. It, it, it always has an effect whether you have any chemistry. And I'm lucky with Terry and Catherine um, because we both were we're really good friends. We. We like each other a lot, but we both had other people in our lives, and so there was no weirdness. Right. Wow. And do you? Yeah. Still, but it you... takes a very understanding, a very understanding spouse. I mean, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. When they yeah. see you on screen making out with this beautiful Hollywood starlet, they yeah, have to I'm, be I'm, pretty chill. I make out with Catherine Bell for money. You know. And... <laughs> It's not a bad deal. <laughs> uh, Jamie, we're going to pay you thousands of dollars. All you have to do is go on screen, talk to Catherine, and, and then kiss her, and we'll yell cut. Is that okay with you? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and then my agent wants to renegotiate after two years. No, no. I'm like, just, just sign the paper. No, no. We have about 30 seconds left, but how do you keep getting these jobs, these great jobs? Is it people that you know, or is it just because here's Jamie Denton from Desperate Housewives, this good guy, and we know he's going to be solid on the show? Um, the, the thumbnail version, because we're almost out of time, is ABC. I had done a bunch of work for ABC. I worked for them. I did two pilots that didn't go. I did a year on Philly, the Botchko show, a year on Threat Matrix that I was the lead on. And so when Housewives came along, they, they knew that I show up sober and I know my lines and they could count on me. And they basically gave me Housewives. Uh, Goodwitch, I, I hosted a show called the Hero Dog Awards. A fantastic show Hallmark does. And the CEO was in the audience and said, that's the guy for Goodwitch. Oh my god! And so it's kind of work begets work. I just he has sheer luck. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's just 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 stay around, knock around long enough, Pete, and, uh, <laughs> and people will hire you. I yep. guess that's me um, too. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> Jay, you're the best man. It's great to hear your voice, and we'll all uh, check out Selfie Dad uh, available now, and of course the Goodwitch on the Hallmark Channel. It is Jamie Denton. Thank you, brother. Thank you, pal. Really appreciate it. Stay safe. All right, and uh, happy Father's Day. He is just the best.